Greetings from the Long Island Sound podcast. Welcome to the show. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. And call our listener line and leave a message for our guests. Dial 631-800-3579. All right. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Long Island Sound Podcast, where we explore the muse and the music from the North Shore to the South Shore, from New York City to the Hamptons, navigating the wellspring of original music from singer-songwriters and musicians from Long Island, New York. Hi, I'm Steve Yusko from GigDestiny.com. Stay tuned as we explore the Long Island Sound. My guest today pays tribute to the old adage, let's take lemons and make some lemonade. Darren Gallagher has an interesting backstory as he paid his dues over the decades with various bands and countless gigs. The dark days of COVID can bring us down or inspire creativity and hope. We'll hear some rocking original tunes and the various projects through Darren's career. Let's take a listen to his original song, Coming and Going.
Uh, we have a great guest in this episode. He actually found me on Facebook, so I feel very blessed. Darren is a 30-plus year veteran of the Long Island music scene, and he started off in the Robert Thomas Band in the mid-'80s playing a mix of cover and original songs. Much later, he found Net Profits, a highly respected, versatile area rock band, which eventually morphed into Badlands, a tribute band to Bruce Springsteen, who, by the way, is one of my favorite artists of all time. So this was destiny. Badlands has played to crowds in excess of 3,000 people up and down the East Coast. He lends his searing guitar work uh, to a lot of different uh, tribute bands, and we'll discover that as we get into the uh, episode. But what I found really unique listening to Darren Gallagher's music was the fact that he had a horn section, which I thought was the coolest thing. It just gives this great wall of sound uh, to his original music. So uh, before I give the everything away, hey, Darren Gallagher, welcome to the Long Island Sound Podcast, brother. Thank you, Steve. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. I tell you, we, uh, we heard um, coming and going uh, coming into the broadcast is probably a bad segue there. Um, so we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later, but I'm really always curious. And, and this podcast tries to find out more about the artists behind the music. So uh, when did, when did music come to you? Musical family, you know, what'd you pick up? So I definitely come from a musical family. I have two older brothers who are both very good musicians, um, jazz musicians more so. Um, mm -hmm. And they're a lot older than I am. So I was born in 65 and Mike was 57 and Brian was 58, 59. And um, so they were quite older. So I had their record collections at my disposal and they were in bands. I, I used to come home from elementary school and... Um, their bands would be rehearsing in the basement and I would go down and just check them out. And I had my own little concert down there. And, um, you know, I was, I was just a big fan. I was a big Beatles stones fan. That's kind of what started me off. That's neat. I, I have siblings who, uh, who are uh, older than me as well, 10, 10, 11 years older than me. And, and I benefited from both their record collections. Mm -hmm. Of course I was banned from actually using the, the albums and they would lock their bedroom doors. We found ways of getting them out. And, My and, roles were cooler than that. <laughs> and back, where'd you grow up? Did you grow, grew up on the island? Yeah. West Babylon. Oh, okay. So you're still a local guy. Yep. Yep. Not too far. Yeah. So we're neighbors. Yeah. I'm in Babylon. You're in West Babylon. Yeah. I'm so, in West Babylon now. Um, yeah. I grew what, up in West okay. Babylon. Oh, cool. But still yeah. neighbors. Still close. Yes, yeah, still neighbors, right. So you get you get the urge, uh, and it's so cool when the, the garage band error, you know, and, and that can give you the inkling of, hey, if they can do it, maybe I can do it, you know, type of thing. So so you're young, right? And did you, did you have a band in high school? Where did you kind of progress from there? Yes. Yeah, so I'll tell you, I um, my older brother gave me a couple of guitar lessons, get me started, um, and he gave me a good foundation of, of, of chords. Um, I was learning not just, you know, rock chords, bar chords. I was learning some jazz chords and some progressions and things. And we went over kind of how to play over some of that stuff. But, you know, um, early on, I was in it and I was out of it. I wasn't dedicated like my brothers were. I was really into sports. I was um, I had a lot of other interests. Um, but what got me really going was this really kind of a cheesy guitar class that I want to say was maybe in ninth, eighth or ninth grade. And it was just, I figured I can play the guitar. You know, I, I, I kind of self-taught myself after my brother gave me some lessons. 
and it was a guitar class for credits and I took it. And what, what wound up happening was really cool. We, uh, me and a couple of guys in the class outside of what we were learning in there, cause I kind of knew what they were teaching in that class already. Mm-hmm. They, um, we started showing each other songs, chords, and, and that, that gave all of us the, uh, the impetus to go home and start learning tunes and showing them to each other, different chords, different riffs. And that got me really going. And since that time, I never put it down. I uh, formed a couple of bands, I think in junior high, we played some block parties and that kind of thing. And, um, and then I, was, we t- I took music theory through high school with some phenomenal musicians in West Babylon. Um, Walter Alessi was, uh, was the teacher. He passed away just a few years back, lived mm. into his 90s, I believe. He just was amazing. So Eric Della Pena, James Pagano, there's some, some really, really great players came out of there. And we were all taking theory classes, and we took it a year early. And then we formed a, a jazz improv class as seniors. And we would basically cut out of our later classes and hang around the music wing. <laughs> and we'd, we'd jam and play. And we put on a concert doing, um, man, we did like Jeff Beck and the theme from Barney Miller and Dixie Dregs. And we, we did oh, some neat. really cool stuff. So I don't know. It just kind of all happened quickly in high school. You know, you know what I find interesting? And, and I was similar to you. I had other interests, although I picked up the guitar later in life. It was just too hard for me. I learned the three chords, and uh, but it was it's just these little encouragements. And and if you're in a pool of guys like your situation, how that encouragement can really get you to to uh, you know I'm going to woodshed this and 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 make something something of it. And that happened with me. You know, I I played with this guy Kevin and said, hey, come and play with us. And you know, I'm an old man at this time. I'm in my you know late thirties, and I was horrified. <laughs> how I played, but, but I got the itch, you know, to say, you know, I, I can, I can, I can do better than this. You know, I can really kind of jump into it. Now, did yeah. you write your own songs? Did we, were you writing songs back then? As I wasn't. Well, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't writing songs back then. So back then I was, I guess I should say that, you know, my brother understood like that I, I should learn a couple of pop songs, rock songs, because that, that gives you kind of the motivation to keep going. Mm-hmm. People ask me often, you know, how did you stay with it? It's so frustrating, you know, with people who are learning. And, sure. I, you know, um, I remember learning um, Angie by the Rolling Stones. He wrote the chords out for me. We went over all the chords. I was, you know. I was young. I was in elementary school, I guess. And I got that. And it was so rewarding. And it made me want to start learning other songs. So, yeah, you know, same thing happened with me, although I did it on my own. What, what really keyed it in for me was when I was – Guitar Tabs came out. You know, okay. Never used one. And, never. And, and, okay. That, that's, that's the only way – what do you mean? Isn't that the way you play? What? I, I've never <laughs> – yeah, I've never used a guitar tab. I just I just listen by ear or, you know, I can read – I used to read a lot of music. I probably Oh, you stink. Oh, God. So you got a skill. I don't have the skill, so I had to it use that. Learned, it was a learned, um, rigorously learned skill, I guess. But um, I, I, I would be terrible. If you put a music chart in front of me now, I would struggle. <laughs> big time. But, but I have an ear. I can, I, you know, I, I that's, can listen. That's the key. If you have, you know, you're, you're besides the, the physicality of making chords and playing notes and strumming and all this other things and rhythm, uh, to have that ear to know when 
it's off, you know, and where it should be or what key you're in and that sort of thing is, is something that's developed, you know, some, some yeah. people have it naturally and, and, you know, sometimes, uh, you, you can work to develop it, you know, for sure. So yeah. I've always been able to just put, put on a song. I just, I mean, I, I can go through the albums, you know, Leonard Skinner live, that live album, I would go home and learn every lick on that Allman brothers live and then you know of course the Beatles and Stone stuff then Steely Dan came and that really was a challenge and you know I would sit there and pick up the needle put the needle back pick up the needle put the needle back and you know learn that stuff for the for the young kids that are listening uh, we're talking about L vinyl LPs where you yes. had a would spin in a circle and you could listen to one particular part and lift the needle up and then put it right back down in the same spot which uh, you know a lot of people learn that way you know it's, exactly. it's pretty good a lot of kids are listening to vinyl again. Yeah, it's a big thing. Of course, my my vinyl is uh, with a with a former roommate somewhere uh, with probably my baseball card connection oh, <laughs> collection. I've got my vinyl. I've got some of my baseball card collection. A lot of it got ruined in a flood in my in my mother's basement in the laundry room. Right, right. I had baseball cards in a, in paper bags on the floor <laughs> on a concrete floor, and we had a flood. Yeah, that, that was a shame. So tell me about the song that we heard uh, that our audience heard before I, I introduced you coming and going. How did that how did that come about? So that tune is one of the older tunes that I resurrected. Um, I used to play that out with the Robert Thomas band. Um, I wrote that song. I was living home. I was in college, probably. And I was sitting on my bed in my mother's room, in my, in my mother's house, in the basement with my guitar, with my Telecaster, probably. And um I just started playing kind of some jazzy major seven chords and I was started I started messing around with descending chromatically and it kind of reminded me of Steely Dan a bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I just came up with that intro and I started playing a, a progression with it, like a, like a minor blues progression type of thing. And um, I would, that was one of the earlier tunes I wrote, but I still write the same way. I kind of write the, the, the progression first and then mm-hmm. I kind of, a melody comes to me and I start humming, you know, um, I start humming sounds until okay. something sounds cool. And um, I, I came with, you know, we had me coming and going as the hook and I liked it. So I kind of built a song around that and it, it's imaginary. I mean, it, Life experience, you know, it's, it's pretty much about leaving somebody who wasn't good for you, you know, and I probably right. had to do that several times after that song was written. Um, yeah, but, you know, you know, it's interesting about songs. I'm, I'm very loath to ask, oh, what does that mean? You know, because music's supposed to be put out, only my opinion, music is put out there for interpretation and for people to make it their own and tie it to their own experience. That's what kind of you know, and then it becomes the song track of their life, even though you may have had a different inclination of, of where you were going with it. So that's the cool thing. That's that's the cool thing about music. So um so do you do you collaborate with a lyricist at all? Or is it pretty much all you as far as music and lyric goes? It's all me. I, I would love to collaborate someday and I've spoken to various people and it just hasn't come to fruition because I, I really I'm more of a music guy and I was you know, I think I write the way I listened to music growing up. Um the music always got me first. And then right. um, sometimes I didn't even pay attention to what the song was about or what the lyrics meant, but I knew the lyrics just from listening. Mm-hmm. You know, I was able to just memorize lyrics. Right. Um, but I didn't, I, you know, a perfect example of like lyric first type artists 
they didn't appeal to me when I was young. A lot of them do now. Um, guys like Bob Dylan, guys like Neil Young. Um, I wasn't really drawn to that music early on. I think I possibly because of the simplicity of the chord progressions and things, they, they didn't do it for me. There wasn't a lot of melody going on, mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff. But um, as I've gotten older and wiser, I, I go back to that stuff and really appreciate it a lot more now than I did. Yeah. Now, you know, it was interesting when you when you uh, I was reading your bio about um, being in Badlands, the Springsteen cover band. What I find interesting about Bruce, at least for me, at, 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 and we're, we're similar in age, uh, is when he redoes his songs in an acoustic version solo or slows them down and I could really digest the lyrics and go, oh, that's what he meant by that. That's mm-hmm. okay. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, just even, even just what comes to mind is when he, when he does, you know, I pushed B-52 and bombed them with the blues. And I, as a younger man, I had no idea what the hell he was talking. I was thinking of the B-52 bomber, you know, there's a tie in there, but he's talking about a jukebox and, uh, mm. You know, you get that, that, oh, I could have had a V8 moment, you know. Right, right. Happens a lot to me. Listening to the music again, you know. So um, why don't we do this? Let's just take a a quick break. We'll regroup and uh, we'll dive into some other things with Darren Gallagher. Stick with us, everybody. Hi, Steve Yusko from Gig Destiny here. Well, as you're probably listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking about that musician who would make a fantastic guest here on the Long Island Sound. Well, we'd like to hear their story. We'd like to hear their music. So have them reach out to us at gigdestiny.com and we'll explore their craft. Now, back to our podcast. Hey, we're back, everybody. I'm Steve Yusko, your host, of course, with Darren Gallagher. And Darren, I was really kind of, uh, it was interesting that you've been in a couple of tribute projects and, uh, this is the era of the tribute band, and I don't say oh. that with uh, disgust at all. Uh, it's a, a means to an end, and it, it brings in uh, money both for the musicians and uh, and draws the crowds too. So, um, give me a little bit of background on the stuff you've done and, and projects that you're you're doing now. Yeah, so I, it was nothing I ever wanted to do. I never wanted to be in a tribute band. Um, I was in a band called Net Profits, which was a cover band, pretty good quality band we would do stuff like um Steely Dan, Old Elton John, Old Bowie, um some Bosques. We we were all over the map and we did some Springsteen and what and uh Chris Cangellari was the lead singer of that band. And um I did some singing but I was more the lead guitar player there. Mm-hmm. And um he, he had a voice very, that would could really belt out Springsteen. So People would, you know, we would do Born to Run, we would do Prove It All Night, or 10th Avenue Freeze Out, and people would come up to us and say, you know, so we had a sax player in a band, you guys right. sound just like Springsteen, you know, that sounds really great. And uh, my keyboard player came up to me with the idea, you know, maybe we should turn this into a Bruce tribute band. You're not going to like this, but I said, you know, I'm not really that big a fan. <laughs> I was not like, like I mentioned before, you know, that kind of music didn't really appeal to me. It didn't resonate. On. It didn't resonate with you. Yeah. Didn't resonate early on, but I saw what was happening with the tribute bands and I, I took a listen to, um, I loved, I always loved his, you know, darkness material and the, uh, and the material on born to run and earlier. So I took a, I took a listen to it all and I came up with, with a set list and I said, okay, let's give this a shot. And we learned those tunes and 
the band sounded great. We wound up getting, we had a dedicated organ, dedicated piano. Mm. And we had, you know, Chris played rhythm guitar and did the Bruce. I did the little Stephen harmonies. And it, we did our first show. We, we did a live video shoot in, in West Babylon um, at the studio over there. that I can't remember the name. It's not there anymore. And um, we did our first gig at 89 North and it was packed out. I couldn't, I, th- I said, we are onto something. They were right. maybe 400 people wall to wall. And we opened up with Badlands and the breakdown part, the whole audience was doing their, whoa, <laughs> oh, man. It was, wow. it was, it was a rush. So I'm like, all right, I can dig playing Springs and doing. <laughs> I, can get, I can get used to this. So, right. <laughs> well, you know, I always say I, I, I played original music to five people, to five to 50 people. I played in cover bands from 20 to a hundred people. And I played in tribute bands from 200 to 3000 people. So amazing. If you can do that, you know what? There's a lot of people who poo poo it, but honestly, uh, if you do it right and you, and you're tributing an artist that that's worthy of the tribute. And I, I do, I would have to say there are Bruce Springsteen is an artist worthy of the tribute. So, right. um, so, yeah, look at look at Mike Del Judas, you know, who with Big Shot, you exactly, know, exactly. And he, uh, you know, I mean, a talented guy, and he's and I happen to listen to some of his original music, and I'm like, wow, his original music is really carries great weight, you know. It's, Excellent. It's, he's a super talented guy, super nice guy. He he heard um, he heard my quarantine world, and he uh, he sent me a message with some really nice. Uh, with some nice um, words about that. So that, you know. that's, that's funny. Cause a, an earlier guest a guy named Matt Marshak, who's a jazz guitarist now doing country Americana grew up either across the street or down the block from him. And he played with Matt's brother, Chris, and that's how he got inspired. Just like you hmm. got inspired hmm. by listening to his, to his brothers, you know, do the music. So uh, amazing. Yeah, maybe maybe he'll be a guest someday, but he looks kind of busy, so who knows? <laughs> you know, he's a Long Island guy. You know, it's the Long Island sound. I, I think they, I think there's a way there. Billy Joel's a Long Island guy, so yeah, you know, you never know. And that's how I got the name for the uh, for the podcast was Billy Joel at the Long Island uh, Music Hall of Fame said uh, the Long Island sound is more than a body of water that just separates Connecticut from Long Island. So I was like, oh, bingo, you know, perfect, perfect. <laughs> So what what are you do, are you doing a trip? Do you have an active tribute band now? Or what are you doing now? Yes. Um, so from from Badlands, I wound up in a Cars tribute band, which um, was a lot of fun. Um, Elliot Easton has always been one of my favorite lead guitar players, so um, I had an opportunity to, to do that gig and play his stuff, and that, that was a lot of fun. We also uh, mixed in like an '80s tribute with that, so I got to sing a bit. And, and play lead. Um, and I was in that for about three or four years. I recently left because I've been concentrating on a, a, a very interesting band. It's kind of a tribute to, um, to the English music, uh, pop kind of the kind of sophisticated pop that I grew up loving. Um, squeeze Joe Jackson, Elvis Costello. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a new project that, um, it's about a year old now called play in English, P L A Y N English. So okay. it's a little play on plain English. A little, little pun there, got it. Yep. Yeah, a lot of people don't get it. But don't yeah. get it. <laughs> um, but we do squeeze Joe Jackson, Elvis, and we throw in, you know, maybe some um, Nick Lowe, and we'll, we'll throw in any kind of English tunes and even some smart pop tunes that aren't English. 
And it's a, oh, it's a great band. Um, I got to reunite with one of my bandmates from Robert Thomas band, Tom Huber as the drummer. Okay. Uh, these are, this is a band that are just good friends. Everybody's I've known for a long time. And if this is all about having fun playing what we want to play. Nice. That's and, great. Um, you know, it might not be the hottest selling ticket, Squeeze Joe Jackson, Elvis, but it's building and pe- people really like it. And the band pulls it off very well. It's not easy music to play. Right, right. And you know what is it's if you you can get a cross pollination between fans of all these different uh, artists and uh, it's almost like a variety show really uh when you come down to it and people yeah, enjoy that. Definitely. Definitely. Sam Powell who did all the horns on my music is the uh he's the Glenn Tilbrook in the band. I'm the Joe Jackson in the band. <laughs> and Tommy Flint's from the um from Ricky and the Roaches is um is the bass player and he does the Elvis Costello. Oh, great. Nice. So, um, Tommy now, Flint's now, New York Bee Gees. I should really plug the guys there. They're all great oh, wait, guys. Wait, wait, the, the New York Bee Gees. Say that guy's name again. Tom Flint's. Uh, Mike and Tom Flint's are brothers. They came up in yes. the Roaches back in the back with Jim Small and myself and Robert Thomas Band in Dakota Rose days. We used to play. Oh, there. sure, sure, yeah. Because I oh, remember. Yeah. I think he's been at the Paramount. Um, because he, he, he and his wife did a lot of stuff online uh, during COVID, which you know that's Mike Flint's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, Mike's great. Mike's great. He just put out a video today on his. Um, he has a new band, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of it, but I saw I saw a brand new song, and uh, the band is just killer. The one of the singers was an American Idol, maybe a finalist. I'm not sure. And and, and Mike is ripping on guitar, and it's just like a, a really good hard rock kind of nice late '80s vibe thing. It's really good. Yeah, He's by the right. way, for those who don't know, listening to the podcast, uh, I, I do put links in the chapter marks. So anybody we're talking about and you want more information or two old guys here who can't remember something, the chapter marks will be a place to look it up. Uh, so you'll have a, a reference point there. Speaking of videos, um, you've done a few videos and they were pretty good. Oh, thank you. I've had, some, I've had some help. I've had some really um, been very lucky to be blessed with some very talented people around me. And mm-hmm. we all had time during... I, I I really just started recording this batch of songs all during lockdown. We locked down. I learned the technology. I learned how to how to record. Um, I bought equipment, set it up. You know, I'm, I'm recording my vocals here, my guitars here. I learned miking techniques. I, so I did that all. You know, with the, that- with the extra spare time that, that we all had. Exactly. I, I, I guess that's that's the silver lining to uh, to COVID. I mean, we could wallow, and, and there's a lot of difficulty. I'm not diminishing any of that, you know, the people we lost. But, um, you know, take that energy uh, and, and put it into productivity is kind of cool, which we weren't meant to do this, but that kind of segues into uh, Quarantine World, That's that song you wrote. So you want to talk about that, and then we'll have our guests listen to it. Sure. Uh, quarantine World is uh, – so the way Quarantine World happened is um, – during COVID, I was um, I was in my studio a lot, and I was I wasn't writing any music, but I was putting out a daily song. I was calling them Corona songs, and I would, I would record a song and just put it up on my Facebook profile. It was really lifting people's spirits. So I would take a random cover song, and I would I would do it either an acoustic version or maybe with my Telecaster, and mm-hmm. I put it out there and. Um, it was great. I was getting tons of comments. People were thanking me. I, I, I did it once, but then people kept asking for more. So it wound up being an everyday thing to the point where I was 
kind of under pressure to get a song done every day, even <laughs> if I wasn't in the mood. Right. So, um, so I put one out every day for, boy, I must've done 40 or 50 of them. Um, and one day I woke up and I had the news on and Cuomo was talking and it was all about, you know, the death tolls climbing and, you know, what we all went through, what we all experienced. And I was here alone. Um, I'd have my kids half the time. I'm going through a divorce, actually. So I've been separated for a few years and mm-hmm. I was alone that day. And I grabbed my guitar and a progression came out to me. And I said, you know what? I think I got a new tune here. I hadn't written a song in really a long, long time. Wow. And um, I, I came up with the progression, which you'll hear, the opening chords, three chords. And um, the, the line just came to me. I didn't know what I was going to write about. And usually lyrics come way later for me. And I said, turn on the news. All I see in front of me, death tolls climbing and a down economy, which all was happening. And I got to tell you, I, I never do this. I took pen to paper because a lot of times I'll just record what I'm doing and try to piece it together. Mm-hmm. I took pen to paper and I had the full song written in a half hour. I had the full, I, you know, the full lyric. I came up with a, with a nice little two five change, a little jazzy chord change. And I wrote it and I went and I played it that day on my Corona songs on my telecast. They're very uh-huh. distorted, very, um, I wanted to convey the feeling that I was locked in my room, but I was playing a song that had to get out. And as the song builds up, I think you'll hear it. Um, it's just frustration. And I'm, I'm literally doing like a John Lennon type of scream at the end of the song. <laughs> um, you know, got no, and a lot of people I had to explain this to, cause I'm singing, a, big part of the song says we've got no hope we're living in a quarantine world and people have said to me you know that's terrible that you feel that way that you're writing i said well i'm not i don't feel that way but i'm writing from a position of being here and it feels hopeless yeah and you know that, that that's the whole lament or the blues aspect of things there's nothing wrong with connecting with people and saying this effing sucks right and then you know what other people are yeah yeah, he's saying exactly how I feel, you know. And if you put it to a song, you don't have to be looked at as crazy when I'm in the room by myself. So I had a friend over, actually, because I played it for them, and we were recording, and I was screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> you know, that, what, that's what I wanted to do, you know. And, um, sure. So, so I, wound up just, I wound up putting it out there. People loved it. I put the lyrics out there, and I get a, I get a um, call from a buddy of mine, Chris Cangellari, who's the lead singer in Badlands. Okay. And he's a, um, he, he's a great singer and he has, he's pretty savvy in the recording studio. And he actually said, I want to produce that. Let's record this song. Nice. So that sounds great, but I have no idea what to do. I don't know how to, how to record a song at home. Oh, so wow. he, he guided me through it. Um, what did, what did you use? If, what, what, what program did you use? I, I have GarageBand here, so that's that's what yep. I use to capture okay. all my stuff. You know, you're basically just capturing, you know, your sound in a wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. capturing wave files. Same thing we do with the podcast. I use Audacity. Just and, and- we want real instruments. I, I want a real instruments. I want it to be organic, even uh-huh. though it's going to be remote. So it was a trick. You know, I uh, he recommended John Lespina as the drummer, and I had played with John a couple of times. It's phenomenal. He plays in Rubik's Cube. They are a um, they're an eighties tribute band, and he plays in the uh, heart. I think it's Bad Animals tribute. Okay, 
And he has a, uh, oh, he has a new, uh, Emerald Rising is a new original band that he plays in. So I talked to John. I sent him a demo with just my guitar and my singing. Mm-hmm. And he, he sent me back drums. And of course, he didn't know what to do. I told him, do what you feel. Right. And um, I didn't like it for the song. Okay. I, I gave him an idea of what I liked. I asked him to listen to a uh, to a song, to listen to the groove. It's a, a song called Saint of Me by the Rolling Stones. I love the groove in that. Mm-hmm. And it was a later Stones tune, and uh, it was a great Charlie Watts groove, and he listened to it. And I can tell you, the second thing he sent me is the final drum take. It was incredible. Wow. Talk about a good ear. One or the third. So we had the drums. Chris also recommended Lenny Rossillo. Um just a phenomenal Long Island bass player who I knew who's the greatest guy. He's just, I'm honored to even play with him, both of those guys. And he, he sent me one take, unbelievable bass part. <laughs> then um, I called up my friend, Jack Walker. He added keys. I did all the guitar parts. Well, no, I didn't do, I did, I did rhythm guitar and lead guitar and Chris added some acoustic guitar and some chugging guitar. And we just built it up and Chris helped with vocals and Chris's wife is a female singer who's in a um, who's in a '60s band called the Fabulous Cupcakes, <laughs> and they do like a Ronettes type thing. So her yeah. and her two singers, you'll see them in the video at the end. They they added Chris um, wrote those backing vocals. I usually write my own, you know, all my vocals and everything. Mm-hmm. But he said I, I I'd like to do something for the end of this, and he put that together, and it was great. And I'm leaving out the the main guy, Sam Powell said, do you, you ever think about putting horns on that? I let him listen to it. I said, I would love it. I love Power Pow. He goes, and I knew Sam as a bass player. He's okay. in the Antribute band and guitar. We were just kind of talking about starting that squeeze band. And I didn't know he played any horns, let alone all horns and charted things. Wow. Oh, perfect. Sam, Sam sent me that, that horn take. He says, take what you want. You know, it might be too much. We dropped that in. We didn't touch it. It was perfect. So <laughs> I had, I was so blessed to have a horn section on this thing. Uh, that's that's great. And you know what? You just went through a roster of people that is going to fill my guest list for the next two years. So. Yes, I can hook you up with all of them, and I'm sure <laughs> Sam is a guy you want on here because Sam's also a Christian artist. He writes the most amazing music with crazy chord progressions, like Stilly Dan style chord right. progressions. He's a phenomenal singer. He plays every instrument. He's a very interesting guy, and um, he has a lot to offer. He, he, I'll, I'll hook you up with Sam. He's oh, great. Now, now we've recorded him, so he's going to be guilted into it because you know yes. if he's if, if he's a Christian, guilt is going to work. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works if you're Christian or if you're Jewish, right? It yeah, yeah, matter. true, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Judeo-Christian guilt works uh, wonders. You get a lot done with it. <laughs> so let's take a listen to Quarantine World. Enjoy, everyone. Turn on the news and all I see in front of me. Death toes climbing and up and a down economy. Can't go to work, can't get a gig, I ain't got no bread Just stay inside and do, yeah, do what the governor said But I miss my friends and I miss 
Hey, we're back, everybody. I don't know. 
I think anybody can relate to that song after the past two and a half years. So thanks for sharing that. That is so cool. And it does make me want to scream, but I want to throw off my volume <laughs> levels because I won't have to figure out how to fix it. <laughs> thanks for listening. Funny story about the screaming on that. I, yeah. I, I put that together piece by piece because I kept losing. I, I was, I was really, you know, I, I, I always consider myself a guitarist first. My singing came later. Mm-hmm. I get by on my voice. Um, you know, I always, I used to always let other people do the singing, but I did decide to put a band together and go out and do these tunes and quarantine world in particular, very challenging. I would, I would lose my voice. I would have to shorten the end, the screaming at the end, because I would just inevitably, I just couldn't after a night of singing, cause we would encore with that tune and, mm-hmm. um, and people would be singing along to it, which is amazing. <laughs> um, we would break the band down and people would, would, would start singing it. And um, I would lose my voice. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But just yeah, that song, that song put me on the map, man. Um, for original music, we, um, I, I got, I got radio play, um, Stony Brook played it. Um, WEHM, which I love, out east, played that song. And um, I sent it to uh, the Time Machine radio show, this show that I really love. It's a quirky, based out of Hawaii, national um, really? radio show. And he loved the song. And he called me and did a, uh, he did a radio interview, a live radio interview with me. And uh, the interview was played and the song was played nationally and that was just a rush wow and i wasn't expecting it i wasn't expecting the phone call i sent him the song early on a friday morning i went to my sister's still during covid we were out in her we were out in her garage with the door open playing darts we spoke about that in the interview had a couple of beers came <laughs> home with my girls and i got this call not drunk but a little tiny buzz on and it was just free-flowing interview my first real interview like you that were lo- you were loose you were loose I was loose and it was a lot of fun. And I, I recorded that and I have it and I've done, I did a TV interview with the, the Donna Drake show. I sent her the video of the song and she loved it. Wow. And um, she wanted me on there and I went to her studios, which was incredible. And we, we did a TV show. So yeah, I saw that it was cool. great. Great. You did very well, by the way, very oh, great I, interview, very relaxed. It's like sitting in a living room. So yeah, nice studio. Let me ask you about you know getting getting music out to radio stations. Do you send? Do you still send a CD to them, or is it all electronic? Saying here, I'll you know you can download it from Dropbox. Or how how did you approach that with these radio stations? Yeah, it's all about the files. You send a um, you send a link, or uh, so it's worked a couple of different ways. Some people wanted YouTube videos, and uh, one person actually played the song from the YouTube video. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Robin Robin's Nest on um, on WUSB Stony Brook. Yep. She, yeah. Um, she plays her songs off of YouTube list, so I actually had to put some of my songs that I didn't have videos for audio only. Right. On there. But um, yeah, you send that to them. You write a little bit of le- letter about yourself, trying to differentiate yourself, and uh, sometimes you get lucky. I mean, I, I submitted. I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm very fond of these songs and I think they, I, I think they're of high quality and, you know, people hear you writing an original song and people think, oh, it's going to be a three chord, you know, <laughs> cowboy um, song, yeah. folk song that's going to drag and I'm, you know, it's going to be like paint drying. So these songs are kind of like songs we grew up listening to, you know, that was, you know, they're kind of like with a classic rock kind of slant to them. 
Yeah, and you know when you ju- when you juiced up, it's like anything in selling because you are pitching, right? Is yeah, when yeah. you're ju- when you're juiced up about it, you write about it well as far as introduction, and you're motivated to to get it out there, you know, which which is kind of cool. I know people can pay for promoters and services and stuff like that, but man, when an artist is juiced up about their own uh, product uh, to get out there, it's kind of cool. And that usually never happens. I mean, I've spoken to other musicians who are, Hey, you know, they don't want to explain it. They rather play it for you uh, Mm. and let the art speak for itself. But there's a certain edge to you got, you got to, you can't keep it under a basket, so to speak. You got to get it out there. And uh, in fact, that's, I'm being self-serving here, but that's one of the motivations for this podcast is to give a platform to original music from Long Island, because it is a wellspring of, of great people, great people and great music. And it's different than it getting lost in, in the weeds out there, you know, so to speak, where it's uh, a billboard out in the desert. So uh, I hope this brings you success. I, I know I'm kind of dreaming here, but. Um, Thank you. Well, you know, at 56 years old, I, 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 I did this for me and uh, <laughs> people dig it. That's great. And uh, people have dug the live stuff. And I, I want to mention something because. Yeah, sure. My favorite venue really has been KJ Farrell's over oh, in, yeah. in Belmore. You know, and, and they're, they're shutting their doors. I'm actually going to go see One Just Stories there tomorrow night. You can put give them a plug and a link. They're a phenomenal band. And um, I'm going to go see them. It's their last Wednesday night. And uh, they're always gracious. And they usually invite me up to, bleed, you know, do a cover song or two. And nice. this is going to be this send-off. So everybody's going to be down there tomorrow night. When are they closing the doors? Do they... I think Saturday is it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But he's also he's other venues that he's involved with, from what I understand, right? Like the warehouse and warehouse prohibition now eighty nine north. Um, okay. I don't know what's going to happen with him. See, Kevin gave me a platform. Ke- Kevin's a great guy and he's a music fan and he's just Kev- give his last name, Kevin Sheehan. Thank you, Kevin Sheehan. Just uh, he really he really single handedly almost brought live music back to Long Island. There was a point after say Dakota Rose shut down, you know, um, you know, um, Red Track in the, right. the OBI, a lot of those places, there wasn't a place to catch quality, you know, other than top 40 type stuff. And, um, you know, with KJ Farrell's, he, he brought that back and started, he had live music seven nights a week pre-COVID. That's wow. amazing. That is, that is amazing. And it's, you know, of people I've spoken to, it's even hard to find even the very small places to play uh, original music, you know, and there's really great yeah. quality stuff out there. I mean, there's Bartini, uh, not far from us. He does a lot yes. of original music and yeah. uh, a few people take chances on it. A lot of people go towards tribute bands because, Hey, there's more of a guaranteed audience, you know, otherwise right. they're asking the band, okay, uh, you can play, but how many people are you going to bring? Right. You know, and most Kevin artists, me, you know, he yeah. knows me a long time from, um, from that profits, from um, from Badlands and um, okay, and now um, you know I, I did some gigs with Drive over there and now playing English and I, I said Kevin I really I put together um, I put together an original band we did it we did um, Westlake Music in Patchogue they had their grand opening and I know um, I know some of the people involved over there and they asked us to play right after COVID well, the first show any of us did after COVID we went mm-hmm. out there. It was a freezing, chilly day, and we had horns, and I put a whole band. That's when I, I just asked people, will you do this? Uh, Pete Lazos played drums, by the way, too. I didn't mention Pete yet. Um, Jason, uh, Lenny LaPinta played on that, on saxophone. But we, we did it, and it sounded good. So then 
um, G's Nightclub in Hempstead gave us a, a short. They had like a, a, a songwriter promo thing. I said, can I bring a band with horns? And they're like, all right, cool. I did that. Yeah. Then I told Kevin, and Kevin's like, yeah, why don't we do it Thursday night? Can I tell you, we packed the place out. It was a lot. His first original show, I did most of my, you know, what, what's going to be my first album. I still haven't finished it because mm-hmm. now we're all back to our lives again. But um, family, friends, music fans, people heard the songs. Um, it was it was unbelievable. So it was my band. It was a 13-piece band up on that stage with background mm-hmm. singers, horns, oh, percussion, great. drums. It was what a rush. You know, that's something I'll never forget. You know, I, I tell you, I'd love to have Kevin on because I'd love to get the perspective from a venue owner. Great. Uh, I, I'll you know, talk to him. Yeah, please, please do. You know, because um, this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've, I've heard his name men- mentioned a lot. But, it you know, once I think once these guys grab guys like you and your known element and, you know, you deliver on what you promise, you know, and you do something different. I mean, that's, that's kind of key. I mean, you know, it, it's key. So, uh, right. Yeah, great, and, great. and to that point, and to the, to the point of them closing, we had that great first night and he brought me back and we did a, um, what night did we do? We did another weeknight, maybe a Tuesday this time, which is harder. And sure. we didn't do, we didn't do as well. It was a really crappy weather night too. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is the problem that he was running into. Then we he gave us a Sunday. We did a Sunday, and it snowed. And I think I might have played to ten or fifteen people, and it was such a drag. And um, you know that's that's what happens. But to, to his point of he had to he had his lease was coming up as from what I believe happened, and he wasn't getting the people back since COVID. A lot of people are still not going out. Yeah. Yeah. Little, little people were, were pretty shy about it. You know, we went through that whole thing where I remember I was at Lily Flanagan's and they had a two piece playing under a tent and we, my, uh, my wife and I went to get up to dance and the bouncer came over to us and said, no, we, you're not allowed to dance. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my mm-hmm. God. <laughs> but you know, it, it struck reality, but you know what? I uh, honestly, maybe this is just hopeful thinking on my part. I think this is going to be a great summer. I think people are just really anxious to get out and party and, and rub elbows with people and just kind of celebrate being alive, you know? I so, hope so. I've got a lot. I've got about 30 gigs on the books between um, – I, I, I'll mention my other couple of projects, if you don't mind. Give a little plug. I, I do not mind at all. Brand new, brand new project, which is becoming a lot of fun, is a band called Instant Replay. Um, David Salab, who's actually one of the um, – I guess he's a small percentage owner of 89 North. Um, he put this band together. He, he basically plays rhythm guitar and runs the band. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's he's put some phenomenal people around him in this band. Um, you know Amber Ferrari? I know the name. Yep, she's a Long Island singer who she does original music. She's got a powerhouse voice. She does a Janis Joplin tribute. Oh yes, and she, yes. And she does a Pat Benatar and a Madonna tribute. So you got Amber in there. I uh, have John Cotillo on on um, on keyboards. Uh, Simon Walsh, who plays with 45 RPM, and he's just a rip. He plays bass. Um, and we have Rafe on drums. And am I missing anybody? And Johnny Sachs. And, John, and Johnny, Johnny Sachs. So, um, but we do all kinds of stuff. It's, it's a cover band. It's not a tribute band. We'll do we'll do Tom Jones. It's not unusual. Then we'll do Baker, <laughs> the Baker best. by Jerry Rafferty. Then Boz Skaggs, and then we'll do um, Amber will sing Madonna. And we're all over the map, but it's, it's really done well with Lupita Frampton. I'll get up there with my talk box. Oh, and nice! It's it's fun, and we're playing. I'm going to promote this gig because we're playing with 45 RPM over at the warehouse, 
and I think everybody should come see a really fun band. It's in June. Yeah, and- they're great. They're a great band. Matthew, I met Matthew Searing. Very oh, nice that's guy. a great guy. Yeah, I met him uh, when he was playing. I met him at Lily Flanagan's of all places when he was playing solo. Really nice fellow. Oh, yeah, by, the, yeah, yeah. by the way, any of these gigs, I'm happy to put up on uh, gigdestiny.com. Thank um, you so I'll, much. Yeah, I'll share the uh, Google Calendar and you can put it right up there yourself. Happy to awesome. Thank you. June 4th, uh, we're, at, we're at the warehouse with, um, with Instant Replay. Excellent. Okay, another band I play with, a bunch of friends, fun guys. Um, they just called me to fill in one gig and uh, – I did, I did one gig with them, and now they won't let me leave. So I never joined yeah. the band, but I play every gig with them now. Just about to call the Burn Unit. Just a really fun band, a great bunch of guys. Bill Mizell, Dennis, Dennis Byrne, um, Danny Finn, and Al Maggiata. We, we're playing at Farrell's in West Islip on the 20th. Um, so Sam Powell's sitting in on bass, so that's a good time for Sam. Uh, he plays everything. So that's that's that. And playing English, I might as well just give one, one plug to playing English. Um, we're playing at the, at the off key Tiki in on June 16th on a Thursday tribute night. That, that'll be a fun gig. Excellent. Yeah. So if you guys go to gigdestiny.com and go to the live events, um, Darren, I'll have you plug everything in. Uh, uh, we'll talk about it offline. It's very easy to do Cool. and, uh, happy to, to promote, uh, live music on Long Island. That's for sure. Hey, let's do this. Let's get into the last song that you um, brought to me, Can't Get Over You. Tell me a little bit about that, and then we'll have our uh, audience uh, get a gander at it. Okay. Can't Get Over You is a um, – oh, that's one of my personal favorites. That's kind of an all-out rocker. Um, so you, you've heard three of the tunes. I have have like nine or ten tunes for this album whenever I finish it. I've got about seven done, and those are more on the rock side, but I have a, kind of a very jazzy tune. I have a, I have a reggae tune called Your Love. It's reggae-ish rock. I have a ballad. So I, really all my influence I'm just wearing on my sleeve here. And you can hear the opening riff, and that's very Doobie Brothers-ish um, on Can't Get Over You. Um, and it's got a kind of a southern rock slant to it. And, again, it's just written from a point of view of a, of a woman who did a man wrong, and he's writing a song about it. And it's just, just a good barroom rocker. Um, Richie Naso jumped in. I, I, I play the leads on that, but Richie plays the slide because I cannot play the slide <laughs> very well and I cannot play anything like Richie Naso so he came in and just came back here and crushed it he crushes it live and that song goes on because I just let it go on it's about six minutes <laughs> all right Next so let's, let's take a listen to Can't Get Over You and then we'll be right back after that Sing your song 
Hey everybody, we're back after that rockin' song. So just by the way, you can find uh, Darren Gallagher's music on Spotify as well. We'll have the link right in the chapter marks and in the description as well. So um, I don't know. Do we do we cover it all? Apple, it all. Oh yeah, you're on Apple, Apple music, music, Amazon, YouTube. Not the whole nine yards. Yeah, yeah. buy my stuff. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Spend money for it, will you? Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, I, Darren, honestly, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time uh, to do this. And I mention this a lot at the end of my podcast. A good friend of mine 
said to me, you know what, we can account for what we have in our bank accounts and what we own. We can never account for the time we have left on, on this earth. So when you give me an hour, it's it's very valuable. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you. You know, thank you for 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 giving me the the um the platform to speak about my music. That's that's very appreciated. And hopefully, you'll get some more guests from this as well. I know you will. Yeah, and I'll I'll come out to see, you and you'll say, "Oh, yeah, that gray-haired guy. Yeah, I know him." <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you so much, and thanks everybody for tuning in. And check out Darren Gallagher, please. He's got some great stuff. Thank you right. so much. All right, be well. Peace. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Till next time, be generous with your joy, keep your spirits high, and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. We really love to hear from you. And call our listener line at 631-800-3579. Again, thanks so much. Be well.